cliffcentral.com. It is now just about time for us to find out about something that I know we've been excited about for a long time. It is to talk to Faith Kanyele, who's the CEO and director of WBIH. Uh, that is the WDB Investment Holdings Group. And she's here today to talk to us about, among other things, women in investment. She's been associated with WDBIH for over 20 years. Her extensive experience in financial services, in corporate and investment banking, in strategy development and leadership are some of the things we want to talk to her about. How are you, Faith, first of all? And, and thank you for coming to see us. I'm good. Thank you for inviting me. Now, you've spent a long time in senior and executive positions. You were at Standard Bank. You were in corporate investment banking from 2001 to 2013. You also serve on the board of Discovery Limited, Safari RSA Limited, um, Transcend, and Seed Engine. So this is a, a busy week, I'm sure, as all weeks are for you because you've got meetings. You've got important people to see. What is your day-to-day schedule like? Does it vary from, from day-to-day? Yes, it does, but basically it starts quite early, you know, around six in the morning, uh, and basically, you know, do some gymming exercise, you know, or running. And then, yeah, then hit the road, go to the office, and then it's meetings after meetings. Now, you were also at Bright Private Equity for five years before you joined Standard Bank. Um, how did you start off, though? I mean, where did it all begin for you? So for me, you know, it all began, I guess, when I was still uh, growing up. I was ra- I grew up in uh, KwaZulu-Natal. I was born there. And uh, my parents were in business. You know, they ran a small um, shop in the community. And I guess that's where the seed of becoming a, a businesswoman uh, was planted. So I went on to uh, study economics uh, and finance in university. Uh, you know, studied uh, MBA. And basically from there, you know, I started my career in private equity um, and then uh, investment banking. And then, you know, developed from there to being a leader and basically doing what I'm doing today. Now, it sounds like such a cliched thing because it probably is true, but investment banking and, and the world of finance is quite a male environment, right? There are not a lot of women and the women that are in there are fiercely competitive and for a lot of a lot of people, not just women, it's a very intimidating world. Mm, mm. Did you find it that way, or was it always exciting for you in the kind of environment that you thrived in? Uh, it definitely was challenging, you know, Gareth. And I mean, I remember my first uh, job, you know, when I joined uh, Braid. I was I was uh, I joined them when they just started uh, the company. I was basically, you know, the first woman and for a while, you know, only woman uh, surrounded by by men. Uh, But I think, you know, my training and my uh, attitude actually helped me to, you know, to go through the challenges and eventually also just to really get to understand uh, people as people rather than generalizing and saying, oh, you're a man, therefore this is how you think about women. You know, so you really have to go through that journey of really just, you know, developing a relationship with human beings. But also at the same time, you know, you have to understand that, you know, there are inequalities and you need to be prepared to be active and to, you know, get involved and to really, you know, fight for women where it's you almost, can. It's almost more incumbent on you to to make a, an even greater contribution and to, and to know your own value. Yes. When you're yes. in that position, right? Yes. Um, now, this is amazing. I was interested in the recent analysis by BCG that showed that 
were uh, women and men were participating equally as entrepreneurs, global GDP could increase as much as three percent to six percent. Yeah. Um, achieving this could boost the global economy by two point five trillion dollars, according to this survey by BCG. Now, what do you think it would take to enable this in South Africa, where analysis shows that the entrepreneurial gender gap is in fact widening? Rather jarring that considering Roland Berger's work, Women in Africa Entrepreneurship has posed uh, that the continent is one of the highest female entrepreneur rates globally. We, we obviously know that these things are, mm. are considerations that are worth spending a bit of time yes. on in South Africa. Yeah. If we could bring more women into business and if we could find ways to encourage women entrepreneurs and also support local businesses, yeah. this could perhaps – be a major cash injection to the economy. Yes. And, uh, I mean, Gareth, you obviously are aware of the challenges that this, this economy faces where, you know, we're growing less than 1%. But I think the biggest untapped potential is exactly, you know, the, the, the females, you know, because, I mean, if you, for example, look at the women's absorption or participation in the workplace, they represent 52% of the population, but their participation is about 45%. So that's one. And then if you look at the lead, their representation as leaders on boards, on the JSE listed companies, you know, women's representation is only 20%. And obviously the rest uh, is male. So I think the point of the fact that, you know, we've got more than 52% of the potential not being tapped in South Africa, for me, it's a huge uh, missed opportunity. And and, uh, I think if we can really, you know, get to the bottom um, understanding of, you know, putting in place policies that can um, encourage the participation of women, you know, from probably government, you know, putting in policies, but also business must start to embrace uh, diversity and inclusivity. Because to your point, you know, there are numerous studies that have been done to demonstrate that if you are more inclusive, uh, if you embrace diversity, you know, the impact on your bottom line and eventually in the economy is hugely positive. But I think we just not go doing it because I think we really need to change the mindsets, Gareth. And, and People, Faith, yeah. it's not just, this is not some cosmetic or political thing. Like no. What you're saying is that the, the numbers show that this yeah. can be very beneficial yeah. to your business. So it's not as if this is some feminist 1980s women are being left out of the economy yeah. argument. Um, and there are obviously lots of women who are doing extremely well in South Africa at yes, the moment. And yes. plenty who have, who have made their way, regardless of the obstacles and the adversity. Yeah, but yeah. do you believe in a glass ceiling? I, unfortunately, I do believe in a glass ceiling. Because, I mean, you know, you have seen cases whereby, you know, at like, you know, if you look at women's participation, for example, in, uh, you know, the management uh, levels in South Africa. So if you start from the junior management, you, you will see that there's actually equal representation between men and women. So it's 50-50. Then you move up to the senior management um, levels. There, you know, you see the ratios are 27 or 30% to 70% uh, female to male. Then you move up to CEO uh, positions. There, it's shocking because if you, for example, look at the JSE, you've got less than 3% 
of uh, CEOs, um, you know, be uh, being uh, females. So I mean, what that's, explains that's, that? That's so tiny number. Exactly, Gareth. Yeah. So I mean, so for me, it really, you know, you need to ask yourself why is that? But you're not saying utopia would be fifty-fifty. That's not what you're asking for. You're just saying equal opportunity. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And women CEOs, and obviously, you know, we come from a, a history where. Where women weren't necessarily in work, they were usually the homemakers. Yes, and and historically, women have not had the roles in business that they are able to occupy now. Yeah. So yeah. surely, over time, this will get better. You know, I mean, I think it will get better, but also it requires interventions. As you know, things don't just happen. I mean, we need to make these you know things happen because I mean, if you look at South Africa, and you know, since. Uh, our democracy more than 25 years ago, we definitely have made progress, you know, mm. correct? So I don't want to sit here and say, you know, we've done nothing about, sure. you know, promoting a gender equality. We've definitely done something, but I'm just saying that there is much more than that we need to do. And for us to be in a different position, say 10 years from now, we can't be using the same approach that we've been using over the past 25 years. Because in my view, I don't think the approach that we've been using has really gotten us to where uh, we, you know, we, we can be, like the potential that where we can be, we're not even close to our potential. So that's really my argument to say. For us to get too close to reaching our potential, to get, you know, this economy to really be inclusive and uh, to get, you know, women's participation to be meaningful and to increase, we have to do things differently. Um what would you say to a young woman who is starting off in business and is intimidated by perhaps the the, the workplace, especially in a financial institution, mm. by men, by perhaps the the stories that we hear about sexual exploitation, we yes. hear about a lot of this. What would you say to those women? What's the best advice you could give them, especially if they were your daughter or yeah. a friend of a, a you know yeah. daughter of a friend? I think the first thing that I would say is that, you know, they really have to know their their worth. Because I think people do funny things, Gareth, because they don't have, they've got very low self-esteem, very low, you know, self-confidence. They don't believe in themselves. And then they end up thinking that for them to, um, uh, you know, to... Uh, Go up in their careers, they have to do funny things. So first things first, know your worth. Know that you are worth something. And then, you know, obviously once you know that, you know, you obviously have to really work on yourself. You have to believe in yourself and you have to continuously self-develop or, or, or improve yourself because the only way for you to be relevant is that, you know, you really have to continuously grow by doing a lot of things, you know, by reading, by, um, you know, getting into uh, leadership uh, training or leadership development programs. Mm -hmm. It's really about, you know, continuously self-improving yourself. But I think lastly, um, Gareth, you really have to find a mentor. You need to find someone who's going to guide you. You know, we're not an island as, as human beings. So find someone that, you know, can guide you, can mentor you, someone that you can bounce off ideas with. And when you've got challenges, someone that, you know, you trust that you can talk to. What are some of the best resources that have helped you along your way? I mean, you mentioned these courses and, yeah. and self-development. What, what have you done along your way to, to corporate success? I think, I mean, I've really done quite a lot of, um, first of all, like just self-development, you know, just 
knowing who I am, you know, and really, you know, understanding my strengths and as well as my um, weaknesses and really focus more on capitalizing on my strength because I think we spend too much time just sort of like, you know, focusing on things that we're not good at. So I've really spent a lot of time focusing on things that, um, you know, that I'm good at. And also, correct, I have uh, mentors, I've got coaches, I've got people that are supporting me uh, uh, through uh, through my journey, and lastly, yeah, I I really try to read a lot. You know, I read widely, not just in my field, but you know, outside of my field, because you know, you really have to be aware of your environment, political, social, globally. You know, for you to you know to you know, to be uh, relevant and to contribute um, meaningfully. Now, we, we are in an interesting situation in South Africa. You mentioned already that our growth rate's very low. Um, there are obviously gaps in, in South Africa for people to come up with great new products and great new services and to solve people's problems, obviously, which is a, you know, that's the, the best way to do business because people are prepared to pay if you develop something that can yes. solve their problems. How well placed do you think South African women are to take advantage of these? These situations. I think we are extremely well placed. I mean, I think if you look at some of the initiatives that um, first, you know, government and then, you know, the private sector have put in place, for example, you know, the sec- Section 12J um, um, schemes whereby, you know, uh, you know, business and uh, government are investing or are promoting the investment in small and medium-sized businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, as as we all know, I think, you know, you do find a lot of women in uh, in that small and medium-sized uh, business space. Uh, so I think the fact that there is now funding available and also there is um, enabling legislation really creates opportunities for those uh, entrepreneurs that have got innovative ideas uh, and that can really, to your point, you know, come up with ideas that, that are solving uh, community or social issues. So I think women really just need to understand that the opportunities are there, funding is there, but they also have to make sure that, you know, they are prepared and also they link themselves to the ecosystem. I think lots of us um, can tell from your CV that you've been to many places and done many interesting things. What is it that keeps you waking up early and keeps you excited about work? The work that I do at WDB is is really, you know, for me, it's such a privilege to be in a position whereby, you know, I am making an impact on the lives of uh, of others. Um, and as you know, you know, at WDB, we were founded uh, almost uh, 30 years ago to really support women in rural areas by providing them you know, microfinance and then helping them to grow their businesses, but most important to improve their lives and get themselves out of poverty. And for me, that's really what keeps me, you know, alive to know that I'm not just waking up to, to earn a paycheck at the end of the month. I'm actually making a, an impact uh, on someone's life. That's amazing. Thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning. And thank you for sharing your story with us. It is Faith Kanyele's story that we're hearing this morning, CEO and Director of WDB 
IH, that's WDB Investment Holdings, and uh, she's been associated with them now for over 20 years. It's a, it's a long time. You're not bored at all, huh? No, I'm not. Loving it. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. Well, thank you very much. Thank what you, What a Karen. pleasure to see you. Cliffcentral.com.